What's up, MuggleCast listeners? If you want to make an impact online, GoDaddy.com has what you need. Get your own .com domain name for as low as $1.99. Plus, world-class hosting, fast and easy website builders, and much more. Plus, as a listener of MuggleCast, enter code RON, that's R-O-N, when you check out, and get your .com domain name for just $6.95 a year. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Today's MuggleCast is also brought to you by Borders. It won't be long before the much-anticipated release of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Do you have your mind made up about where Severus Snape's loyalties lie? Do you think he'll betray Harry and his friends, or will he help them to triumph over he who must not be named? Find out more about this complex character in the hot new book, The Great Snape Debate, available only at Borders. Remember to reserve Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows at Borders to save 40%. Because we have no limits and no lives, this is MuggleCast episode 91 for May 19th, 2007. I'm back. Ben's back too. Laura, I was here. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I still would be back though. I'm back no, again. Laura, back you again this back. week. The, the Ben is back is uh, one of the shows. Ben around. is back. Laura's back though. Laura, a lot of people miss you. Oh well, that's good. To How are you feeling, Laura? A lot better. Thank you for oh. asking. I, I don't get it. it. Why would anyone get the idea that Laura was sick? I don't know. She was gone. By subscribing to our pickle pack. Correct, oh, Eric. Yes. <laughs> Well, the correct answer, Andrew. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) That's why I paid. Uh, We have a good show for everyone. We have a lot to go over this week. Just yesterday, we didn't have the show planned at all, but now we have a jam-packed schedule. (laughs) Just yesterday. Just yesterday. No joke, that's the funny thing. (laughs) You wouldn't ever believe it. (laughs) Yeah, you Uh, will not be able to tell after we're through with you. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. Micah Tannenbaum is in the MuggleCast News Center with the past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Hey, Micah. All right, thanks, Andrew. J.K. Rowling updated her website with a new diary entry, which reinforces a recent editorial made on Leaky about spoiling Deathly Hollows for the fans. We would also like to stress that MuggleNet will not reveal any spoilers to fans prior to the release of Deathly Hollows. Just like you, we don't want it ruined. We will also take the necessary steps after the book is released to ensure that you're not spoiled if you've yet to read the book. Warner Brothers has officially confirmed their plans for the Order of the Phoenix premiere on July 8th in Los Angeles, California. From the press release, Dan Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson will be in attendance. The screening will begin at 5 p.m. 
at Grumman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. Both the official UK Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix site and HarryPotter.com have been updated with new designs for the upcoming film, so be sure to check those out. Speaking of the fifth film, a new clip will air on the Ellen DeGeneres show this Monday, May 21st. And this past week, we caught new versions of the trailer during both the finales of Survivor Fiji and Supernatural. You can check out all the videos and get the latest Order of the Phoenix news on MuggleNet.com. The June-July issue of Teen Vogue magazine has a new spread featuring Potter actors Dan Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint. Scans from the entire article can be viewed in our galleries, and each of the three actors contributed interviews. Finally, coinciding with their 25th anniversary, UK bookstore Waterstones has named Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone the best book in the past 25 years. That's all the news for this May 19th, 2007 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. All right, thank you, Mike. Uh, I, actually, I want to do a little bit of news discussing this week. Something that I thought was pretty cool was the Waterstones thing, because aren't they the bookstore in London, pretty much? Aren't they the, um, the bookstore over there? Is that right? The, or Yeah, the, the Waterstones is like the, Barnes like and the Noble Borders. Or, or the Barnes & Noble, yeah. That's awesome. And they named, as Mike has said, Philosopher's Stone the best book in the past 25 years. That's a really bold statement. Yeah. Best book. uh, Yeah. There's no no gray area there. Best. I mean, best is the best. So I thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, guys, that's like us at the uh, podcast awards. Oh, we're in people's choice. Sorry. (laughs) Actually, actually reading this now, uh, it's the top 25 books of the last 25 years voted for by you. So... Oh, this wasn't oh. Me. it wasn't me. It was you. It was you who did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably based off of like total sales and stuff, I guess. So it's it's still pretty big. Rounding out the top five, uh, the Time Traveler's Wife, uh, Northern Lights, His Dark Materials, one of those uh, Philip Pullman uh, novels, uh, Bird Song, oh. and The Da Vinci Code. So, ah. uh, interesting. Da Vinci Code's a good book, but I wouldn't consider it one of the top, you know, no, five of the best set to shoes. Yeah, I mean, it's, Eric, it's, it's not very well. It was, it was voted on by you, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's your uh, fault. Yeah. I don't know why you did There's that. There's room but... for... Yeah. Actually, it's kind of strange that uh, one of the novels in the His Dark Materials series was number three. That's that that really... is kind of strange, because it doesn't... To me, it doesn't carry the same clout that Harry Potter does. Right. No, right. really or any doesn't. book. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good books in there, like you know Stephen King, and also I mean, what but was does, it? Uh, does anything did, really compare to this, though? Do you think? In all honesty, does what? anything really what do compare to Harry Potter? Do you know oh. what I mean? No, no, I don't think so. No, I don't. I'm think looking so, at no. the details of this uh, Philip Pullman book, and it was released in March of this year. So, <laughs> okay, maybe not the most accurate list <laughs> they could put well, you together. You know, J.R.R. Tolkien has a new book out. <laughs> Oh really? And he he's been dead for you know a couple decades. Oh, life of Pi is in no, this but list. It's, it's, uh, oh, life of Pi. Well, what thing. happens is his his son actually uh, edits or or illustrates or co-writes the books, but it was actually like J.R.R.'s idea and like half-written books is my impression. So it's his new book that we got in at Borders where I work, uh, the Children of Huron, Huron as in H-U-R-I-N. And so it was really cool because we're selling this new J.R.R. Tolkien book. You know, people people come in asking for the new J.R.R. book, book, and we're like, well, you know, wow. Yeah, but it's cool, Eric. Since you guys, Eric, yeah, since you work there, I was gonna ask, uh, do you ever have people come in and 
ask, do you have the new Harry Potter, like really naive people who don't know that it's not out yet? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, it's really, really, yeah, I know what you mean. And it's really interesting. We have like some people that'll do that, but we, we have big signs by the entrance that say pre-order released July 21st. So unless they don't read, then, then the, the door pretty much stops them. Are you guys making preparations already for the book or have you guys, have you heard any like talk about, you know, oh, this is what we're going to uh, do? Well, you know, we do have a few really cool ideas. Um, I'll be, of course, wearing my robes. You know, you know how that goes down at all these cool events. Yeah. No, but uh, what you guys don't realize is that bookstores are actually taking a very, very, very like larger than ever kind of. There, there's like so much security on these books. Yeah, like even more than there was before. There is absolutely like major, major security that Warner Brothers is like obviously binding every single bookstore. You mean Scholastic? That, that's. That's selling the book, yeah. yeah. Um, or Scholastic. Sorry, did I say Warner Brothers? Yeah, yes, you did. I give them more credit than they than they have. But uh, no, it's uh, you can't actually. We can't actually put the books. I think on the floor until like three hours before we sell the books. Like we can't actually shelve them or anything. They have to be like in the back room, locked in a safe with a tarp that is fireproof and flame retardant and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> no, oh my I'm fire retardant. <laughs> like we you actually be do. Kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm dead serious. It's. It's. It's actually. I mean, they. They. They supply the flame retardant blanket, but I mean, we. We actually have to. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty intense. So. Um. Yeah. We have cool plans going on, but. Uh, Isn't that a little bit? Overboard, though. I mean, I remember when the news first came out about how the books were supposed to be delivered and how Scholastic is keeping them at these secret areas around the country. And, you know, when they get to the stores, they're only going to get there something like the day before and they're locked down in these padlocks and nobody can even open them until the hour before (laughs) the book is supposed to come out. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's true. But it's because they don't want it spoiled. I mean, this is like... It's a book, though. I, I don't know. That you know what? Seems yeah, hey, 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 are me. you saying it's just well, a book? hold on a second. Hold it's on. It's just a hold book? On. Mike, Mike has got a good point. And I remember with Half-Blood Prince, I was talking with my dad about this right before it came out, and he was like, why is there so much? I think Joe's just trying to, you know, co- create all this hype so she can earn some extra money. And, I mean, that's not necessarily true. However... Mike is right. Your dad said that. Well, yeah, because he was like, because like he was seeing the report on TV. Well, you know, Mike is right. It's there's a lot of security for this book, and this doesn't happen with any book. However, this is the final book, and this sort of is a good transition into the spoilers thing that Joe talked about on our website uh, earlier this week. Um, right. well, can I just say so I don't get a lot of emails? I know I said it's just a book, but I kind of meant that in a. I don't know. I didn't mean it. I know it's the last and final book, but it's no. still a book. Yeah. You I know, know what, what I mean? you mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember... Well, I mean, why not just have the delivery trucks be surrounded by a motorcade as it comes mm-hmm. to the store, you know? I, you know, I just think that it's a little bit overboard for just, well, Micah, know, a book. They don't have the motorcade because then that's petrol prices and those are going <laughs> yeah. up all because of the it's war on, on, the, on Iraq. So actually, the security measures are because of the war on Iraq. Well, you know what, though? <laughs> it's it's probably because, Micah, there already is so much hype about the books that they know people are going to try to get them. So even if they lowered their security, people would just try to get the books and then release the information online. You know it's going to happen anyway. Well, yeah, so. it's going to happen anyway, but <laughs> you this know, way we'll still. They've always had it, some it, kind it, of weird restrictions on the books around release time. Like, whenever I went to Baltimore for Half-Blood Prince, they wouldn't let us take pictures of the boxes. Like, they had all the boxes yeah, up by the window at the front that. of the store. Well, so and well, they were right. like, you can't take pictures. And we did anyway, and then they put a tarp over it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Laura, I know why that is, too. And I, I mean, this is just a rumor. All these things I'm disclosing are just 
ideas that I've gotten. I haven't actually been privy to any special information, but what I've heard is seriously, they will stop you from taking pictures because what they don't want to happen is if Scholastic catches any bookstores doing any of the things that violate their strict code of conduct, we're talking the insane rules that we just kind of laid out there, if they violate that, Scholastic will actually, and this is just an idea, just a rumor I have, that... um that they'll actually pull all of the... Uh, they'll stop further Scholastic books from coming to that bookstore. So the book... The store itself can actually not sell anything from yeah, Scholastic. Yeah, that does sound right. That's or, there's or embargo. Like there's an embargo. Because mm-hmm. I remember with with Order of the Phoenix, there was a store in New York City, a, a health food store, that ordered three copies of the book to sell. Okay? There were just three copies of the book to sell. And they got them in about a week beforehand, and they just threw them up on the shelf. And then, and then they don't get a, they don't get Harry Potter anymore because of that. Yeah, even though it's a health food that store. That happened with um, why, a but... Walmart store for Goblet of Fire too. Yeah, so it's not. I guess it is true, but I mean, I that's what I heard, and it, it sounds really crazy. But for a bookstore to actually not be able to get those books in, like they, they'll lose money, it'll go out of business. Like that's a serious threat for bookstores. So. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to be yelled at by people for taking pictures of your, you know, your Harry Potter book. But I have, seriously. I have open here. Uh, Scholastic has a little web page on their website with all the details for booksellers, and they actually have online their on sale date policies. And uh, I'm reading one of them, and it says that uh, uh, restricted titles, blah 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 blah. You must you must ensure that restricted titles are kept secure and not placed on any selling floor and or in any displays area, display areas and are not sold or otherwise distributed. Uh, all resellers must ensure that their account slash retail locations are aware of and abide by the on sale dates. Uh, any retail location that sells displays or otherwise distributes a restricted title prior to its on sale date for the first time will be required immediately to take the restricted title off sale until the on sale date, which isn't too bad, and they'll also be placed on a 12 month uh, watch list. And then the second time, uh, the they will still be on the watch list and they will not be shipped any restricted titles until the actual on sale date for the duration of the 12 month period. I'm sure it's uh, actually more scary than that. It is because it goes into uh, you're liable for any lawyer costs and all that stuff. Yeah. So you know th- they're very serious about this, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, it is the last Harry Potter book. So well, how tempting <laughs> would it be? I mean, who would any of you mind spending 15 years in prison for breaking the embargo <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is well, for stealing uh, the book. It depends I mean, on how much money I make by uh, releasing the book early. Yeah, because there aren't any... Uh, Tall Vegas. There aren't any... Um, well, there aren't any more Harry Potter books coming out, so I can't really read them in prison. I suppose maybe if you read a word a day for the rest of 15 years, you, you can read book seven and have it like spread out, but I'm not even going to entertain that idea mm. any longer. Micah, what did JKR say? What do you mean? What did she say? On the website. On the website. She made on, an update. On, on her website. What, what did uh, What did she say about this and about spoilers? Because you got your wish again, didn't you? Well, I did get a, a little bit of some of a update, oh, I guess. Oh, don't downplay her. it. You downplayed it two weeks in a row. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Okay, look, what I'm not did, downplaying what did you it. <laughs> I won't downplay it. All right? Jeez, guys. No, she made an update on her site. She um, addressed the whole spoiler policy issue and I know that we at MogulNet also do a pretty good job about warning people as far as book 7 is going to be concerned we did it with Half-Blood Prince we even did it on MogulCast 
Um, I know our early episodes, we had some spoiler warnings in there. Yeah. Um, to ensure that people did not listen to it if they hadn't read the book. Yeah, and we'll do it again with Death- with Deathly Hollows. I mean, you know, it's we are going to let people know ahead of time. We've been getting emails already. What are you guys doing? Don't, 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 don't spoil us. And granted, we did spoil a lot of people yeah. back on our April 1st show. That was a mistake. Forgot to add, add in a little spoiler warning. <laughs> We're reformed. Spoiler. We won't do it again. Yeah. Um, Harry dies in book seven. But uh, basically, <laughs> we, we will warn people ahead of time. <laughs> of you know, if we talk, we're not going to talk about spoilers on the show. Yeah, and, that's you know, not going to happen. Yeah, we're going to try well, to we, avoid. We will, them. but if we all, there'll be a fair warning, so don't worry about it. If we talk about them, it's out of anger before the book comes out because someone will have spoiled oh, it for before us. Before the book comes out, you don't have to worry about spoilers. But yeah. if post book, yeah, I'll start my and sorry. don't worry. Or and yes, there are spoilers. <laughs> well, we are a discussion podcast. I mean, I yeah. think. What do, What do you think? Do you think we're actually going to take a break like the week after no. the book is released just so we can read it and then formulate our thoughts for maybe an episode? I it's going to take us that. a week to read the book. <laughs> oh, it took me a week to read. It takes me about we're a We're going to have that thing wiped out well, in less than 24 on, well, hours. A question for you guys. Do you think it's better? Okay, it's like saying it's the equivalent of do you, you get a carton of ice cream, okay? Do you eat it all the first night? Do you just devour it and then once it's gone, it's gone? Or do you spread it out over? Depends a on what flavor. Week, over a week, and depends yeah. on how hungry I am. <laughs> yeah. so it's well, really depending on how hungry you are for Harry Potter, which the answer is very hungry. Everyone will. Could, so Those were both guess, really yeah. capitalist answers. <laughs> how what hungry flavor are you depends for Harry. on. <laughs> I think I based on what we do, it's going to be hard not to talk to each other and you know be yeah, careful see, about what is, we say. I'm going to have to be in a separate room by myself because I'm that paranoid. Yeah. I really am. Actually, I run Mugglenet's feedback form, and uh, so I'll probably, get the, I'll probably get it spoiled for me first. Thank you, whoever emailed it in. And, um, <laughs> Laura, I plan on telling you first thing, so you don't have to worry about locking yourself in a room either. So. Yeah, well, you just can't you, uh... escape Ben's. What? You can't escape the wrath of Ben Shane. So that was Joe's update. Um, it was a good update. Yeah, I mean, it was good. Micah, I don't think we're going to be getting any real facts or anything new, like in the rumors section or in the about the book section oh, I don't until know the about book that. comes out. I, I think up. we're don't, don't I think we're leaning right. towards a door opening very, very soon. <laughs> oh, what geez. else is there big to reveal? Chapter titles, maybe chapter titles. Oh, you never or a know. quote from the book. You never know. Quote you don't from know the what's book. going on in her mind. I mean, hey, she could she could <laughs> decide. That, right? May is the month for me to go out there and and update my site a couple times. Well, I she mean, has. True. Exactly. So, I mean, little things are starting to change around the site. I wouldn't be surprised, guys. I guess. I'm telling you. Well, wait, wait, well, just remember, Micah, keep this philosophy at, at, at heart. When, when Joe closes a door, she opens a window. Something that I'm kind of expecting an update on is what she's going to do for the book. Oh, yeah. yeah that – yeah, you know, that would, be, that's, that would be a good door thing. Yeah. Like her big announcement for the – yeah, yeah. Well, it's – Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should be soon, right? I mean, we yeah, found it I mean, out I'm in May. I'm kind of surprised we haven't heard anything yet. Yeah, we found out in May when Half Blood Prince for the Half Blood Prince release. That was that was a May announcement, wasn't it? I thought it was April. Okay, well, point is, it's 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 time. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it, it really is time. What's next? Uh, well, uh, HarryPotter.com and .co.uk both received Order of the Phoenix updates. Uh, Mungleknight gave everyone an exclusive preview of uh, the .com site the day before it went live. What do you guys think? I like it. It's uh, okay. I like the music. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think I it looks a lot like all the other sites they've put up. Yeah, yeah just, I, I, it's, it's fairly standard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. say it's impressive, really. Yeah. yeah, I think the most interesting thing about both websites is that the music sounds like it's from the movie. It's not just your gener- yeah, generic, does. you know, yeah. like lame music. What and, that reminds me of is if you uh, it reminds me of the DVD menu on the. When you buy the DVDs, I know right. that sounds weird, but right. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna turn it up now, and um, I mean, I I really like it. It's very whimsical. I do like it too. It's very. I really like. And I made this mistake. It's actually Nicholas Hooper, who is composing the soundtrack, and I really like it. He puts like a new spin on John Williams, his work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. I thought the Goblet of Fire soundtrack was kind of boring, so it was. Yeah, I kind of like hearing this stuff. It was all right. I found it. An, it was an adventure movie. I mean, the action, kind yeah, of, you know, dominated. Mm-hmm. But this seems uh, less. Um, maybe we just aren't using the uh, the military kind of uh, totalitarian. Because this sounds more like Chris Columbus's movies, the first two. Yeah, because it is just it's very it's happy. So rich in it's, yeah, it's very happy, but mm-hmm. very rich in all sorts of instruments that sound magical obviously yeah if you listen to the whole clip it's about the whole loop that plays on the site is close to five minutes long and it seems to me listening to it it seems to me like there's it's broken up into sections like it's six songs match matched into one like because it goes yeah. from the whimsical stuff to like Hedwig's theme like remix it's got like some different effects to it which I really liked by the way um, and it seems to jump around so um they're really giving people a nice little sneak peek, and I really like it. You guys do too. Yeah. So, so when's yeah. the soundtrack due out? I uh, you know? no, I actually no, I don't know. Does, who here owns all the all of the soundtracks? Uh, I don't. I don't. Um, I own I one, don't. two, and three. I only I, own three. I have I have the Richard Harris version of Chamber of Secrets, and I think I also bought the Harry version because remember they had different five different characters on the Chamber of Secrets soundtrack. Yeah, like why would you want to buy? Same CD five times. I'm look- well, that, that's, that's the unfortunate. <laughs> I'm looking on Amazon.com right now, and they have the release date set at July 10th. So That's cool. Three days before really the cool. movie comes out, which is not bad. Uh, yeah, so uh, this uh, you guys might remember that we had, had a little Goblet of Fire soundtrack contest on MuggleCast last year. And we gave away some CDs, and that was a great success. Uh, so maybe, hopefully we can do that again with the Order of the Phoenix soundtrack. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. Nicholas Hooper sounds like a good composer. Um, nothing really else big happened in the news this week. Right, Micah? But this summer we've got plenty of stuff. Yes, we do. Moving on to the announcements. We have... Let's see here. We have five live podcasts scheduled so far that we'll be at. Five. Yeah, we're going to kick it off five. with the UK premiere as a leaky mug. The US premiere as another leaky mug. Uh, the UK premiere, it's looking like me, Jamie, and Kevin, and then also with Muslim John from Leaky. And the US premiere is Ben and Laura will be there too um, with Leaky fo- folks. Then Enlightening 2007 is going to be me ben, ja- uh, me, ben, Jamie, and Micah. Uh, the Deathly Hollows release. It's hopefully going to be everyone. Eric, are you coming stateside for the book or no? Uh, no, but I'll mention that in another uh, in like a minute. Okay. And are you going to be working that night? Uh, I'll let you know in a minute. 
And then we also have Prophecy. We're going to wrap it all up with Prophecy. We're looking into maybe doing a couple other shows. Nothing guaranteed yet, but uh, we know that a lot of people... Well, I won't say anything yet, so... <laughs> so what are you talking about? <laughs> doing a couple extra shows this summer. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. we'll keep you guys updated. Uh, it's very. It's a very busy summer, though, and it's it's hard getting everyone around. Um, yeah. So that is that. Um, Eric, so- go ahead. Yeah, yeah, guys. Um, so I don't know exactly. I know I'm. Uh, I actually won't be a prophecy this year, guys. Want to let you know. Um, I weren't actually you already registered? It's, yeah, weren't you? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was. Um, it was if actually. Anybody's looking I actually for a prophecy have, registration. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've actually got. Um, I've got a few ideas that prophecy is actually going to be really good and really, really fun. It is. Um, li- little birdie told me. So I want you guys to have fun. I won't actually be there. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just completely overwhelmed with school here because we don't get a summer break until November. So That stinks. <laughs> the, the, this Southern Hemisphere thing is kind of funny. The UK, US premiere and stuff, I really don't think I'll be there, but I'll be there in spirit. And if anyone is in New Zealand or Australia, come to the borders in Wellington because that's probably where I'll be in my robes. Sweet. Well, you can hold a sort of Muggle event. You should well, hold one. Well, I was one. thinking about that. I, I, wanted you, I wanted to invite you guys to New Zealand, actually. Um, sorry, hey, we won't here. be there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Other plans. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We'll be there in spirit, Come on, guys. It's, Maybe no, next actually, time. There's a lot of there's a lot of Australian hype. You guys would be surprised. No, 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 I'm sure um, it is. We we actually have a lot of MuggleCast listeners in Australia. I don't know about yeah, New yeah. Zealand exactly, so, but uh, Australia, you know. No, no, it is a big deal. So um, I've been getting some comments and emails saying, are you going to do cool. something? Uh, right now, I don't know. I'll keep you posted on this well, on this show. What I'm doing for book seven? Keep but. us posted. You know what I was doing the other day? I was at the uh, local Apple store uh, where I had a sort of a mini event. My my Shawnee High School TV Tech program. Uh, we put on a little student showcase event, and I did a thing on MuggleCast and how MuggleCast is made. And I posted on MuggleNet earlier in the day about it, and we had about 15 people show up. It was a lot of fun meeting all the fans. There's some pictures on Facebook if everybody wants to see some pictures, and uh, everyone got a shirt, and they really uh, enjoyed their time. So. I want to thank everyone who did come out to that. Um, also, birthday shout out to one of the girls who was there, Hannah E., who recently turned 13 the other day. We usually don't do birthday shout outs on the show, but she was a very nice little girl who came out and uh, she was very cool when she was there with her friend, and that was a lot of fun. Also, Laura, one of your big fans was there. Oh, really? Yeah, a girl named Ashley, age 10, actually. She's, she's, uh, yeah, she was very she's cool. She's calling you right now, so, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so maybe not your biggest fan, Laura. This is a little 10 year old, but. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so she wanted me to tell you on the show that she also thinks that Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban is the best Potter film yet. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm telling you from the mouth of the future generation, right there. <laughs> and we tried calling you, but you didn't want to answer your phone because you saw it was me. So uh, maybe no, next time. That's what I told her. You could have picked up the phone. Away Andrew the picked up the phone today in desk. class when you called him. Yeah, you yeah. Return the, the favor. I mean, that's you were in class. I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah. In, yeah. I was in class. Yeah. Yeah. I was I'm trying to get him in trouble. No, he is not. Somehow Mike and knows all the had details. Me bad for a <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So shout out to Ashley and Hannah and everyone else who came out. It was a lot of fun, and I mean, fifteen people came up, and I po- I posted that the day of. So uh, it was pretty cool having all these people come out, and all the kids from my school school couldn't believe it. They were like, "See, what are all these Muggle fans?" Blah blah. So 
<clears throat> um, also, don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. And don't forget, you have about a little under a month to sign up for Pickle Pack. It's the official membership uh, service of MuggleCast. You'll get some. You'll get a new video blog every day from one of the co-hosts. So, like, uh, like I'm on Sundays, Ben's on Saturdays, Laura, you're on Tuesdays? Monday. 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 <laughs> Eric is Tuesday, Jamie is Wednesday, Mike is Thursday, Kevin's Friday. It's a lot Thank of fun. You. We've been doing some crazy stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah by the way, and, and sorry to cut you off, Andrew, I just have to know, were you or were you not wearing your seatbelt? I was, book? I was, I was, yes. In my latest Blickle, I was recording my Blickle and driving at the same time. Uh, you have a little under a month, uh, we will stop taking registrations on June 16th, at which point it will be closed for at least a year. Don't know if we'll ever open it up again, so, you know, by now. Purchase now. And, of course, all proceeds go to the show and go to all of our summer plans, and we appreciate uh, your support very, very much. I think that's about it for uh, announcements. Just a little side note. My birthday is on Tuesday, so if you want to send me gifts... Just email me, and I will provide you with a oh, mailing whoa, address. If you want to send him, if you want to send him gifts, don't we have a new uh, new PO box for that? Oh, that's <laughs> we right. Do we have do. A new PO box. Oh, <laughs> that's another announcement, isn't it? It, it sort of it sort of is. Uh, Laura, <laughs> go for it. We we now have a PO box that's going to be PO box thirty one fifty one, coming Georgia three zero zero two eight. And if you just love writing Moundridge, you can still send it here. It's it's, it's just a, it's going to end up in Georgia. Yeah, it's just gonna <laughs> I did the forwarding thing today. By the way. Oh, and by the way, Emerson Sparts, the ever, you know, you never hear anything about him anymore. We're, we're going to have a real spy on Sparts on my Blickle next week. Oh. Emerson, Emerson's going to be here for my graduation. So come watch, get pickle packed. You can see me and Emerson having a good time at the Shane, Shane residence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on to a couple of rebuttals now. Just a couple. Uh, we got some feedback last week about uh, the symbol, that symbol that you guys did a great job discussing. Uh, the first one comes from Dusty Stout 25 of Utah. He writes, I wondered why no one had noticed that Azkaban was a huge triangle. It hit me right away that it resembled the rune symbol on the UK cover. Do you think there's a connection? If so, do you suppose the trio pays a visit to the famed wizard prison? You guys are great to keep it cool. I mean, pickly. <laughs> Thanks, Dusty. Micah, what do you think about this? Uh, I think it's a good theory. It's just another one of those things that we can add. I know Ben was going over it last week saying we have so many good theories, but we really have no basis to uh, to go Confirm on. Confirm or deny yeah, whether or not exactly. <laughs> it's It's just a symbol. I mean, it's complete speculation at this point. I think it's cool. I mean, why not? Why not send the trio to Azkaban at some point? But I I just don't know. To me, it seems more like a symbol than anything else. I don't know if it's representative of the prison, per se. Do you think Joe would work with the movies on that? Like, and that's a good tell point. Tell them that mm. they specifically needed to make Azkaban look like this. That could she be one would, of those things. Because yeah. I remember hearing that she had a lot of say in something in the first movie with how the... It was the Voldemort. Yeah, Voldemort entering the Godric's Hollow. She had a lot of say of how that was filmed. So... If, if if something was crucial, if that if that symbol really matters as much as we seem to think it does, then well, if it is Azkaban, then what does the circle represent? You know, with the line down the middle. You know, how does that time. play in? Well, Ooh, time line. is circular. It means Azkaban is going to be split. 
then the, the, then they're going to form a circle by a around. giant yeah. circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by a giant circle. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of shapes, we got another email from Chrissy, fifteen of Tabernacle, New Jersey. I know, I know. It's from New That's Jersey. That's a cool name, Chrissy Tabernacle. Oh, Tabernacle. That's Tabernacle actually a nearby town to well, me, uh, close to me. Well, it's 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 a holy name. But. Okay. Yes, you're you're right. Actually, um, this is a long email. I'll try to get through it quick. Uh, I really enjoyed your discussion of the symbol on the cover of Deathly Hollows. But while listening, I came up with a theory that you didn't mention. I thought that because this book is probably mostly about Voldemort's Horcruxes, maybe the symbol has to do with Voldemort. I know that he already has the Dark Mark, but that has more to do with his Death Eaters. And if you wanted to make a Horcrux of some t- kind, the Dark Mark would be far too obvious. The triangle and the split circle could very easily represent Voldemort. You were talking about the points of the triangle representing three things. So I thought, what values does Voldemort most care about? Power, fame, and wealth. This seems to be all he wants out of life, and the triangle could represent these things. The split circle could be an eternal life, and that has been what Voldemort has been looking for all along, right? The split in the circle could represent the fact that Voldemort lives divided lives. He's both Tom Riddle and Voldemort. Or the fact that he split his soul when he created the Horcruxes. Interesting point. She goes on to say, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but you can create every letter in Voldemort from this symbol that's on the spine. If you don't believe me, then look at this picture. She attached the photo that we'll put on the site. If you guys want to take a look at this, go ahead. Um, it's it's kind of clever. Basically, every letter of Voldemort's name could somehow fit in the triangle. So take take a look at that. Um, that's pretty sweet. It's actually kind of interesting because they all seem to fit pretty well except for the R. You can't really make it. You can make a lowercase r out of uh, oh, the word Voldemort. Yeah, and a oh, sideways yeah. e. That doesn't look. Yeah, but I mean. Well, no, I, I thought it was very clever. It is. It, it's a. It's a good idea because I mean, yeah, you, know, you couldn't do it with the letter H. You couldn't do it with the letter like Q or the letter B. Well, you might be able to do it with B, but just follow. I, I think it just spells. I think it just spells ooh like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't really know about the whole power, fame and wealth aspect of it because power I can definitely see fame sort of, but wealth I don't really think he's no, out no, to I, achieve wealth. Yeah, well that that's or that flawed, in any way just, represents just him. Specifically naming three things is a little bit different from saying it it's still Voldemort's symbol. Like that might be uh power fear and infamy. You know, I mean, it could be anything. Right. No, but I know. It's. I yeah. mean, she was probably just throwing out uh, a couple of things Ideas. that they could represent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the wealth one, uh, not too big on. Wealth one, not, not so much. I guess, but yeah. I like the idea that the the triangle is split, so split lives, split ideas split lives you know but I don't think Voldemort split leads horcruxes. two lives though I think if that symbolized anybody it'd be Snape split oh, lives, oh, oh yeah. Snape. yeah yeah that's true because Voldemort true. T- Tom was- Riddle he's not he does not consider himself to be Tom Riddle any longer the only person who calls no. him is Dumbledore so he's more machine now than man Jamie would so pat me on the back for that one. All right, so uh, this week we're going to have a main discussion on Lily's secret. We haven't really discussed this much in detail, and uh, Laura or Micah, I think you guys you got the idea for this discussion from uh, an, an email. The the email that we got came from Alexander Miller, fifteen from Pennsylvania, and he said that. He was inspecting Joe's website and found one of the easier, unlockable accomplishments, a few pages that were cut from the Sorcerer's Stone. And in these pages, the reader finds that originally the Sorcerer's Stone was found 
in Lily and James's vault at Gringotts. Not vault 700-something. 13. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this cut information plus her skill in potion making caused me to think that maybe Lily was an alchemist. I want to know what you guys think. Your show is awesome. Pickles. I think it's definitely possible because of how good she was at potions. And you would have to be good at potions to be a good alchemist. Because the two kind of go hand in hand, you know? And I could be completely wrong here. I'm, I don't know alchemy at all. But I remember a couple of theories that came in originally was that the, there's three main elements or three main colors in alchemy. Is that true? I think white, black, and red. And so far yeah, we've seen Sirius, right. Albus, and whoever the third is going to be. They've all died. <laughs> or yeah, Ruby. Or, or Weasley, Ruby's, yeah. Yeah, Hagrid. So um, this would kind of... I think there's definitely an undertone of alchemy in the series, and it's referenced a bunch of different times. So for her to be an alchemist, I think, would, would be kind of interesting. And the fact that the stone was initially considered to be in the potter's vault um i don't know if we should take that as a clue towards anything what well, about also... um what was i gonna say uh didn't jk rowling say that harry's parents jobs were significant they she she never she said that james didn't need a high-paying job because he had money from his family but she didn't mention lily's and i think that her job might be her secret do you, think, because, do you think they I were mean, doing the same we... thing, or do you think they would be no, separate No, I don't think so. I think uh, just kind of the impression that I got from Joe, what she said, was that it would be separate occupations, because she almost made it sound like that James had so much family inheritance that he could have been doing something like working in a store in Diagon Alley, whereas Lily could have been, like, Bring working as an bucks. alchemist. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like every woman should. Bring home the bacon. I think it's interesting. <laughs> uh, Lily's possible occupation being alchemy. Um, what I was thinking about the other day, though, this was quite interesting. Was that, um, uh, you know, the prophecy says that uh, you know uh, the parents of the one who has the power uh, defied Voldemort three times, thrice, thrice defied Lord Voldemort. Well, if you guys think about it, what exactly does that mean? Uh, thrice defied. Does that mean that Lily and James Potter specifically were up against hand-to-hand combat with Voldemort, just like Harry has been, three separate times and lived? Like, what exactly would... I mean, we read these books, and what they're structured this, kind yeah. of like... Well, we, yeah, they're structured they like, were, you know, though. Voldemort has spent all year looking for the stone, or he's spent all year trying to come back. You know, what exactly would the plots have been? I'd be interested to know where Voldemort would specifically have tried to do something, and Lily and James specifically would have gotten in his way. Not to mention Frank and Alice Longbottom, who are also candidates for that. Like, do you think it was actually just, like, the whole order that was, you know, thrice defying him, or or is it specifically Lily and James were out there on their own, on a battlefield with Voldemort, as Harry has now been? Defying I think him it was three specific. times. Yeah, I think it was. Because I when, think so too. when Harry talked to Dumbledore, he pretty much confirmed that both the Longbottoms and the Potters had confronted him three times each alone. So yeah, but that's I think so they interesting. Did. Like, they, like what would there, they say? Fancy they, seeing you here again, Voldemort. <laughs> how do they, yeah, do we, well, how would they defy him, though? So you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They Def- didn't die. Well, no, defy to me <laughs> means that. That you would have to not listen to something that he said, right, almost right, like yeah. they how were. Do you do, how do you defy your parents? Right. You know, so were they in some do alliance with well, him? Well, I mean, I guess that could go you know? hand in hand with. I mean, 
everybody thinks that a lot of people think that Voldemort didn't. I wouldn't say alliance. I don't think alliance. No, I don't think so either. But a lot of people think that Voldemort wanted Lily on his side for some reason, possibly because she was an alchemist, maybe. Um, but well, that would sort of explain. I see here is that also there's a thought that she might be an unspeakable, which would make sense why yes. he didn't kill her. Unless he had to, sure. you know, how he he started yeah. tried to pardon Lily. But some people think that the reason that he did that was because of Snape. Because Snape's love for Lily. But I don't think Voldemort I would understand so. love enough to be sympathetic. He wouldn't be sympathetic of that enough to make it. I don't else. think he would care enough about any of his followers to care about their feelings. So, so the unspeakable I, I, thing I think, yeah. makes more sense then. Yeah, I think that... Either um, the alchemist thing or the unspeakable thing makes sense because if Voldemort was looking for the elixir of life and Lily was an alchemist, well, there you go. But um, I know that a lot of people. Sorry. Well, was he looking for the elixir of life before he lost his body? No, but it wouldn't surprise me if he was looking for it anyway because no. he goes out of his yeah, way I mean, to. He wants immortality. Yeah, exactly. But I guess he thought he already, he thought he'd already achieved immortality because you see something about Voldemort is you have to remember what type of character he has and he's a very arrogant person so he thinks that his Horcrux plan is invincible he does not recognize weakness I don't think so I don't think Voldemort would be on a quest for the Sorcerer's Stone because he already thinks that he has a foolproof plan right now. Well, if he had thought he had a foolproof plan, why go and kill Harry? Well, I thought that Harry's was a... to make his seventh and final Horcrux. Because the prophecy, because the prophecy drove him to do it. Yeah, but if he thought that his Horcruxes would save him anyway, why would he go do it? That's, yeah, that's my point. I'm saying that even though he thought his Horcruxes were foolproof, I wouldn't put it past him to go the extra step. I think he would. Well, no, no. The reason the reason that he went to kill Harry was because the prophecy said that this this boy is basically going to be his downfall, didn't it? It did, but it didn't say the anything. One with, the one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord. Yeah, but it didn't say it, anything about Horcruxes. It just said the Dark Lord. I think that if Voldemort truly thought that his Horcrux plan was completely infallible, he would have... I, mean, I think that he would have been more likely to try and coerce Harry to come to his side instead of trying to kill him. But the point is, he doesn't think that he's foolproof, and I think that he would go out of his way to try and do whatever he could. You guys forget that Voldemort only had six Horcruxes at the time of his death, or only had five Horcruxes. Six. His soul was only split into six pieces, based on, I think, I'm, I'm actually almost positive about this, but based on Half-Blood Prince, he only had five Horcruxes, therefore six pieces of soul, uh, at the time, at the time that he went to kill Harry, so he didn't think his Horcruxes were imperfect because he was aiming to have seven uh, pieces of soul. He was aiming to have his soul yeah, I mean, in seven pieces. He wants immortality. That that's the thing, and he fears death. The way to make sure he's immortal is to have the Sorcerer's Stone. And what Laura was saying, I think, is correct. If Lily was an alchemist, then she would definitely be on the top of his list of people to have on his side and maybe even Snape used that as a reason to keep her alive if he really did have feelings for her by he going to him and saying her spare her. Yeah, spare oh, her but there's because an argument. she's useful. She's there's useful an argument. We're actually saying 
But we're saying that Lily might have been an alchemist because she was good at potions. Well, guess who else was good at potions? Snape. And Voldemort had him. So is it possible that the good side had Lily and the bad side had Snape? Well, you know, someone actually pointed something out um, about Lily and Snape, how they were both good at potions. And, you know, whenever you read back on Snape's worst memory, I almost get the impression that Lily is offended beyond the point that a normal person would be when someone you don't like insults you. And someone kind of thought that maybe they were friends. You know, a lot of people think that there was a whole secret love affair going on. I don't. But they think that they might have taken some upper-level classes together and that Lily might have actually helped uh, Snape the way Hermione helps Harry. Lab partners or something. Yeah. Well, lab partners is is plausible, but I think it was unrequited, whatever no, it was. I, I mean, she, she felt I sorry for Snape. No, I think I, I totally think that she felt sorry for Snape, but didn't actually. I mean, she she Lily's the kind of person who strikes me as she she respects you know humanity. She's not going to insult Snape because he had bad parentage. She's not like that. She's smarter than that. But at the same time, I don't think she was in love with Snape no. at all. I just think she was nice enough, nice enough to him, and genuinely nice enough that it just sparked. He had a crush on her, and he, he wanted to act on it, but she just didn't feel that way. But at the same time, she's going to stop James Potter from completely humiliating him. Do you really think that he liked her, though? Like I'm saying, if he did, I don't think it was. Cr- I, don't, I don't. I don't think I don't it was really platonic. I don't think it was returned love. There had to be some sort of connection there. If they're both into potions and they are what sort of Ben was suggesting to be lab partners, because if two people are working together and they might have been helping each other with homework or something, or you know, just a simple thing like a lab, they would have a connection. Yeah, exactly. And I always got the impression that, yeah, Snape was good at potions, but he always wanted to be a defense against the dark arts teacher because that's what he was better at. That's what I always thought. And it would sort of make sense that Lily would be a better potion maker than Snape and that maybe she helped him out while they were in school together. That's an interesting analysis. Aside from the prophecy, what do you think would be in the Department of Mysteries that Voldemort might want to get to if Lily were an unspeakable? The door, whatever's in there. I don't know. If he knows you about don't the think door. that it would like he he would melt if he opened it if it's love. Oh, he would do more than melt. <laughs> <laughs> Melting isn't just. I mean, this is Voldemort. Come on. What about the weapon that he has now that he didn't have previously? Do you think? She well, that's what they thought. Access? Wasn't the prophecy the weapon that everyone was talking about? Because love we found weapon, out in book five. It? I don't. I don't think so. I think the the prophecy because. He was, he wanted the prophecy, and then the order was talking about him getting maybe a secret weapon well, I, that was more powerful than ever. But he never heard the prophecy. He still hasn't heard the prophecy. What was yeah, the weapon, though? What was the what is the weapon? Do we know? I'm saying, what if the prophecy was the weapon? Knowing exactly no, what but they didn't was Lupin said. say that he has it now, and he didn't have it before, or was it serious? I forget. But I think it was serious. Uh, that said. yeah, uh, the they, connection they to Harry through his blood. I think they said no, they were looking the to weapon. have it now. They were looking to have something now that they didn't have before. I don't think they actually have it. Uh, well, another point that we wanted to bring up was the question, did she lose her powers at some point before her death? Because in neither the book or the movie do we see or hear mention of Lily holding a wand or trying to fire curses at Voldemort. Uh, she just pleads with him. So if she had a wand or she was able to perform wandless magic, why wouldn't she have done so to protect Harry? Uh, oh, that is that's another anomaly about another abnormality about that night. We just don't know. <laughs> well, it just seems to me that why wouldn't she? Why why wouldn't she? If you had a gun, why wouldn't you use it if someone's trying to kill you? Because she was caught off guard. 
Maybe maybe she couldn't get. I, I mean, don't it would think seem right. So. But okay, here's the question: Do wizards carry? Their yeah, I was just gonna say absolutely everywhere they go. Because you think about, I mean, I guess there's no real equivalent to to what we have right now. But I'm sure, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you just you'd leave it somewhere. Oh, geez, I forgot my wand. You know. Well, but that happens. They come to rely on of- it though, so maybe they do carry it with them yeah, at all times wherever. It. At a time of heightened danger like that, I mean, they were already barricaded in their they house. They thought they were okay, though. Hiding didn't they? from him. They figured, when you choose a secret keeper, if I was yeah, to choose a secret keeper, but I, I would choose, that... someone, choose someone that I trust. Well, they should have chosen Dumbledore, but that's beyond the point. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, <laughs> I think that Lily and James were probably very smart people, and I think they were aware of all the risks that were out there. And even if you have a secret keeper, a secret keeper can be tortured. And they can spill your secret. So it's, I mean, I think that they were perfectly aware of what was going on. I don't see why they wouldn't be on guard for something like that, especially considering that they had defied him well, three well, times. What if they before. were putting the kid to bed? You know, they're not. Oh, well, yeah, I'm saying, would put Harry to bed. Well, what if, what if they were getting ready for, ready for bed? What if their wand, what if she already stowed it away at her bedside and they went in there and then Voldemort busted it? See, there are so oh. many, there are so many individual factors and individual details that we don't know that we can't really. Well, well, I think it was, we, you know, was, we can't really know, make the any impression type of that I had gotten, judgment. The, the impression that I had gotten from the way the scene was written was that they were in, in a living area type thing, like a living room. Now, now see, or in the movie, they in were a kitchen, in, like, like in a, a public area of the house. In the movie, they were in Harry's bedroom, yeah. correct? Well, not at first. Um, well, Lily was. Well, Lily if you, ran if you listen there. to, if you read the book, um, Prisoner of Azkaban, actually, when Harry's at playing Quidditch and he hears the, his parents' voice, um, isn't it that James says, uh, Lily, take the boy, I'll fend him off, you know, for, for now or something? Doesn't he say something like that? Lily, take Harry up. Yeah, you know. He says, take Harry and run. So take Harry and run, exactly. So then she wouldn't even need her wand, so that whole discussion was pointless. <laughs> well, why would well, it? No. Uh, I don't see why yeah. she wouldn't need her wand. She's running from Voldemort. Well, of course she needs her wand. Sorry. I, just, <laughs> I, think, I was going to say, what, interesting. what yeah, if Lily's God. big secret is she knew the prophecy? And that's why she didn't have her wand. She knew that she had to uh, die in order to protect Harry. Uh, you know what, actually? Uh, bad, that's, a, that's another interesting question. Yeah, that is. What if, Lily and, what if Lily and James both knew the prophecy? What if Dumbledore shared it with them? Well, if Lily knew, knew, I think James... Do you think Dumbledore would lie to Harry about that, though? Dumbledore would oh, lie wait, to... wait, did he lie to Harry? Did he tell Harry that he didn't tell... Well, at the in at the end of Order of yeah, the Phoenix, he said that saying. there were only three people who knew, and that was Harry, Dumbledore, and Trelawney, but she didn't really... Three living so. people who knew? Yeah, three yeah. living people who knew. Like, honestly, if yeah, you hear that I prophecy, think I think the responsible thing for Dumbledore to do would have shared that prophecy with both Frank and Alice Longbottom and, uh, you know, the the two Potters. Yeah. Oh, no, no. That that would be a bad idea because because yeah, that, 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 that gives uh, – they're okay. There's more people now that know that prophecy. And who here is Red Macbeth? Anybody familiar with the story? A while ago. Yeah. Uh, okay, Mac- Macbeth hears the Three Witches prophecy about him becoming oh, yeah. this this uh, duke or this king or the king of the whatever. Someone's going to email in and tell me the exact story. But anyway. <laughs> it's slightly different. But what happens though, the point of the story is that I was taught in my English class at least, was that when Macbeth hears the, the Three Witches prophesizing his greatness, him becoming great and all these things and his downfall – that's when Macbeth goes nuts. 
okay, is because he creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's the paradox of whether or not when these people say these things, are they really going to come true or do they come true because of the choices that you make? And if if uh, if Lillian James and Frank and Alice were to know that their kid could be pinpointed as the one that, that is going to destroy Voldemort, it could just it, it would just completely mess things up. I mean, what what would you do if you're told that your kid was the chosen one? Well, that, you know, no, no, that's going to have this over their head respond, the rest of life. Yeah, but I think they're going to respond a little bit more. Um, Amicably than that. Why weren't Frank and Alice under the uh, Fidelius charm, hiding from you know? What's the deal with that? Why weren't they? Why were they so? Because Dumbledore sure. The Vold- Wait a second. Why wouldn't they? that Voldemort would choose? Well, were yeah. they? It seems that I don't think we haven't really heard anything about that. Well, Bellatrix got to I them. I think they'd already been tortured. And tortured them. Well, I don't know. Were no, they, they had? The they had night, because though? Voldemort was already gone. They they hadn't already been tortured. No, or I think they. Oh, I'm, I'm saying that it. they'd been tortured by the time Lily and James died. Oh, I was like, weren't they, weren't they weren't they tortured after Voldemort was vanquished? I yeah, I think they were because they were holding they really? were held in court with Barty Crouch for the torture of Frank and, uh, and yeah, but that just means that's when they caught them, uh, right? But I th- I thought it was a sort of after the fact thing. But I mean, it's like, interesting. They, 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 they went, I always thought they it was crazy before they on died. A rampage and decided to. Yeah, it's interesting in retrospect that um. Well, I think it might have been before the Dark Lord died, though, because um, all his Death Eaters were kind of disbanded after he disappeared. They were all scared. They had to go right, back but, to but the Right, but look who it was, lives. though. It was, it, was, so, it was Bellatrix. Yeah, it was Bellatrix and, and Barty and a bunch of punk kids, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. Googling so, it here. Yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's really curious, I think, that um, – But why wouldn't they know the they, prophecy, though? I mean, think about it. That why would they just go into hiding? I mean, Dumbledore yeah, comes I don't and says, hey, yeah, Potters, you have to way, go into hiding, but I'm not telling you why. You know, I yeah, mean, they have I don't an think idea. It's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies uh, yeah. either. I really don't think that they knew because Dumbledore pretty much came out to Harry in that chapter and said, everything that I've ever lied to you about, I'm going to tell you the truth right now. But see, oh, piss so posh. I don't she didn't think tell he him anything. Piss posh. Okay, secret, though. tell him everything. Is it a secret to us or is it a secret to the entire wizarding world? That's my thing. Is it... You know, because if we say Lily was an alchemist, well, obviously people would have known that she was. You know, it's. But if, like we're saying, if she knew the prophecy, that's a secret she's keeping from everybody. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't, know. Yeah, I don't think they go boast to their neighbors. I don't think they're, you know, I don't think they're going to go boast to their neighbors. Hey, my kid's better than your kid. You know, my kid's going to grow up to have the power to vanquish the Dark Lord. Um, and I don't think there was any rivalry between Frank and Alice as a result of that. I think it was just a responsible thing to do to tell them about the prophecy. And whereas it's – I understand your point, Ben, with Macbeth. We're like, you know, you can't change fate. And the more you try to – once you hear a prophecy, you try everything to stop it. But it just comes true as a result of you you know, trying to mess up – mess with fate. But trying the person who's it, responsible yeah. – <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, the person who's responsible for that is Voldemort because Dumbledore has also said – I. The prophecy doesn't have to come true unless Voldemort acts on it. You know, acts on it. Voldemort chose they could to both believe just it. Walk away. So, so yeah, they could both just walk away. So, but because Voldemort wasn't going to walk away, like Frank and Allison and uh, James and Lily aren't the ones who have to worry about tempting fate. You know, I think it only makes sense that if they've defied Voldemort three times, they're bound to either be killed or have another confrontation. I mean, they are the the apparently the four forerunners who who go up against Voldy. So. 
it only makes sense kind of that they were going to die, but I just think it would have been responsible for Dumbledore to tell them that secret, and why else would they have gone that much into hiding? I mean, I, according to Hagrid, I think they said the Potters knew that Voldemort was going to come looking for them, but at the same time, that goes back to my other question. Why weren't Frank and Alice under the Fidelius charm? The thing is, I don't think it would be responsible to tell four people about a prophecy, something that's supposed to be that top secret, even if it might possibly concern them. The point is, you don't know who it concerns. For all you know, there's another wizarding family with a kid somewhere on the other side of the country who's well, defied Voldemort three times. No, no, customary. actually, I, I disagree think, with I, that. I bet in the magical world they have sort of taboos around things like prophecies where the per. I bet Dumbledore probably wasn't even supposed to hear that prophecy. He just happened to be the witness of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I bet if there's a prophecy that's made, because you know it says at the top, uh, so-and-so Trelawney to Albus Dumbledore, and that says who the prophecy is about too, right? Am I right? In Order of the Phoenix, it has that. And so I bet I bet it's you don't go around telling people what's been prophesied because it's, it's for the people in the prophecy. It's there. Well, I think they would know. Well, no, they would considering know that trying, to, that trying to screw with the prophecy when, would bring results. They aren't stupid. They aren't. Yeah, but dummies. how many people? How many people actually know that much about prophecies? Because when they got into the Hall of Prophecy, even Ron, who was a pure-blooded wizard who was brought up in a family, didn't know what the orbs were. Doesn't mean the Potters wouldn't no have known. Clue. But Ron isn't Doesn't Ron exceptional, especially if Lily was. But the point. Well, yeah, and especially no, if, what I'm the box. Well, if Lily wasn't that... unspeakable, if if Lily wasn't unspeakable, she would definitely know what the prophecies were about, or a little bit more about them than the average bear. If she were, but the point is, not everybody in the Wizarding world is going to know what a prophecy is. Not everyone and in the Wizarding world was told at... about the prophecy. I'm suggesting that Dumbledore told Frank and Alice and and James and Lily because it concerned their children. I just don't think I'm suggesting that Eric told Lily, and that's it. Yeah, I, I don't think he would tell more people than he had and to. And to me, it makes sense for him to tell the female over the male, too, wouldn't it? Because... Depends, what, are you depends on No. <laughs> no. Yeah, actually, handle it actually, I think it does Why? make more sense. Because even Joe said that there's not... Like, in her interview with Emerson and Melissa, she said that James's love wouldn't have saved Harry. That it was only his mother's love and, that could have done it. That maybe is crazy. that's the ancient magic. Maybe she had to do what she did, sacrificing herself in order to, you know, because she knew the prophecy, she knew what she had to do, effectively. I don't know. I think it, I think it makes sense. Guys, I have to go. Okay. Well, all right. Well, Eric, I'm, I had off, a crack I'm off theory I'm for off. you, but we'll wait till next week. Why do you always have oh, to leave? What, what the hell uh, do you do? Well, I'm in New Zealand. What I work at Borders, man. Oh. I have to go, I have oh, to, go okay. to Borders because we always <laughs> right, record it at this specific time. All right. Yeah, okay. okay. Sorry. So wait, well, you had a crack for coming. For me? I did. We'll see you until next week. Mm. All right. All good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Um, Bye. Also, in the leaky Muggle interview, Joe says that she can't tell us why Voldemort offered Lily so many chances to live, which is also kind of interesting because that's foreshadowing probably something else we'll learn in book seven. Well, something we'll have to learn if she can't tell us. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Um, <laughs> There are a few quotes about Lily in the interview. I'm looking at it now. That one split second decided it all, though. Wasn't that crazy? What? When she killed her? That, that one killed. decision that she made. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why? Why? Why did Voldemort offer Lily so many chances to live? That wouldn't make sense if she knew the prophecy. I think. What? it? No, you're right. It wouldn't make sense. No. Yeah. So that completely, you know, throws that out. But 
Um, well, if she knew the prophecy, if he wanted to try and force it yeah. out of her. But well, hold on a second. No. Where, where's the where's the contradiction? Here? But, why does it? Why couldn't she? Why does it matter if she knows the prophecy? Why wouldn't? Why would that make him not try to kill her? Yeah, or, I think why would that it make he, him want to kill her? I think he would. Uh, yeah, I think he would want to keep her alive until he forced it out of her. Actually, wait, maybe her. that does make sense. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that does make sense. Actually, Micah, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know. I, I th- what you well, sounded... okay, maybe Voldemort <laughs> right and contradicting my whole. <laughs> well, argument now, now I'm then, contradicting uh... <laughs> me and you. Who here has done Sudoku? Oh, I hate this. They're not fun. I have. You know, do you know how it gets so confusing trying things. to keep track of all the numbers and stuff? Yeah. Trying to keep track of everything? Yes. That, that's exactly what we go through every week pretty much. <laughs> I know. Just trying to keep track of all these little specific well, things. Yeah. All right. It's, it's fun. No, Laura's, Laura's right. Maybe Voldemort just got so fed up with trying to get the prophecy out of her that he killed her. And I mean, I guess he would figure that by killing Harry, he was at least eliminating 50% of the threat, which he ended right, up not doing. Right. Well, I think it's so. Voldemort, Voldemort essentially is the the Macbeth of Harry Potter. I think, yeah, because he knows he knows his own fate. A, if yeah. you know your own fate, you're going to go crazy. And if if someone told you this is how things are going to be twenty years from now, and if it's something that particularly that's displeasing to you, you know, if someone tells you you're going to die, then you're going to <laughs> you're going to freak out. Well, you can also look at it as Harry being in the same position. It's weird. Because, Harry knows the whole prophecy. However, whereas Voldemort doesn't. Uh, in this interview, which sort of does take away from the prophecy theory, uh, in the interview, if Lily had sto- stood aside and let Voldemort kill Harry, she would have been allowed to live. So, when Voldemort so wanted, it, it isn't like he would have killed her a little bit later on. Right. She would actually. This would have been well, a, a real pardon, right? Yeah, well, genuine. Here, though, Andrew, your argument stands up because she would have been allowed to live. Correct then, you know, the prophecy would be no reason to allow her to live because he, Harry would be dead. So the prophecy means nothing then. So it would probably have to be one of the so other things. Do you guys out. think that he would just, he would let her live on her own? Like he wouldn't, there would be no strings attached, like she would just be free? Or would she be allowed to live as in he would use her for that's the thing. Whatever. I, I mean, some, there's, there's all those theories out there that she was evil, and J.K. Rowling shot that down. No. You know, yeah, are you – yeah, <laughs> no way. But I don't know if – I guess that that'd be the only way she could live really, if she's not in cahoots with Voldemort. I think that the best possible option is that she had some sort of skill or some sort of job that would have benefited Voldemort, and that's why he wanted to keep her alive. And could. I think that's probably why we haven't learned what her occupation is yet. Yeah. Yeah. Job well, what Michael. I don't get, though, about that whole scenario, why wouldn't Voldemort, he had a wand, she didn't, if he didn't want her to die, like, if she really had something that would benefit him, why didn't he just do something like perform the full body bind curse and then just kill because Harry? I th- like, just get her out of the way. Because it's all part of the cho- it's all part of the choices, I think. I think that's why. Maybe Voldemort did want to treat her. You you have to choose. I'm not going to force. You have to choose to do this because if she chooses, that's all. Since when does Voldemort care? Because if if Voldemort wanted Lily to work for him, then he would have been have a little. He wanted to have a little more respect for her, and and prove that she has loyalty towards him, and not want to kill herself, basically. Yeah, and what what more what more loyalty would she have than to step out of the way? Do you know what I mean? 
if she's offering him, if she, if Voldemort's offering Lily a pardon because, you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe you don't. I guess because it's something he would do. I guess maybe he would see it as a sign of strength on her yeah, part. Yeah, because if she allows him to complete the prophecy to kill the only person that can stop him, <laughs> I don't know. Not well, actually, I mean, son. I think that there's an important. There's an important thing we need to remember here that the prophecy isn't actually about who's going to kill who. It just points out that there's someone coming who can kill Voldemort, and that's it. So really, the prophecy doesn't state who's going to die or who's going to triumph. It's just about who could possibly win. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think that wraps up the discussion. That My that was hurts. that was pretty deep. We didn't we didn't even think that it was going to go uh, for as long as it did. That was a good half hour, forty minutes. So unedited. So you guys want to do a little do a little dueling club action because we haven't done that in a while. Oh yeah. Uh, this this one we got from Sam Spracker, thirteen of Alaska. She writes, "Yeah, it's an old segment, but I love the dueling club. I was wondering who you thought would win in a duel: Ginny versus Dobby, a young, fairly talented witch going up against a small bat-like creature with a powerful with a powerful magic of his own. I think uh, I think Dobby would win. I think Dobby's got clever magic, whereas Ginny sort of has regular magic. I don't know. I think Ginny has like clever what? magic too. Prove it. You have to look at what she did in Order of the Phoenix, the Bat Bogey Curse, for instance. I mean, come on." I don't know, J- Jenny. There are two different. That's that's the whole point. It's supposed to be styles. I don't. But Dobby, Dobby, kind of uh, Lucius Malfoy. He kind of sidestepped him in the movie, right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never got the impression that Lucius was really all that powerful anyway. Well, no, I mean in the movie, I I can't remember if it's the same in Chamber of Secrets, but he's about to perform Avada Kedavra on Harry, and Dobby just steps right in the way. Well, in the book, he didn't. He wasn't going to do that. But Dobby, uh, I think he, I think he did shoot him backwards in the book, though. I know he did something. Well, but I don't know. I mean, Ginny's definitely a really powerful witch. Um, we really haven't seen all that much of what house elves can do. I mean, we know that they have magic that's unlike that of wizards. They kind of have the advantage um, where they can do things like apparate inside Hogwarts, whereas witches and wizards can't. So we don't really know. That would know. be an advantage in a duel, though. I mean, well, no, but I'm saying that obviously house elves have certain powers that witches and wizards right. don't. Which goes without saying that witches and wizards would also have the upper hand in certain departments. But Dobby can, unless my uh, my my brain is mixing thoughts with the movie again. Dobby can also disappear and reappear. Wizards can disappear. And yes, but Ginny couldn't at her current age. She's That's not inside Hogwarts. I give. Yeah. yeah, I think I give it to Ginny. You got to give it to the human. I yeah. disagree there. <laughs> I know. I'm going to go with Dobby because I don't think Ginny. Dobby's been around for a long time. Ginny's a, still a young wizard. I know, but wouldn't it be easy just zap boom by Dobby? In all honesty. Yeah. But I guess if he knew something was coming, he could. Yes. Whip out some. He'd bust a bowl of pudding over him. Yeah. Well, if anyone else has a good uh, dueling club for us, or even like a what if, we know you guys are missing the older segments and we want to bring them all back. Uh, we'll get Crackpot Theory started again soon. Hey, Ben, maybe you can uh, give us a butterbeer sometime soon. And, uh, yeah. you know, all that. So, uh, also, Micah, uh, you had an idea to start a new segment this week. Well, I sort of thought of it too. But, uh, 
sort of like an <laughs> on the road to Deathly Hollows sort of thing, where we take one big question from Half Blood Prince, or just for the series in general, and try, try to answer it. Uh, we figured we'd try to go with Scholastic's questions, right? Because they're like the seven big questions. Although, I mean, you know, anyone could predict them. Uh, the most recent one was Will Hogwarts reopen? Which we've discussed. I think we spent a whole episode discussing once, didn't we? We did a debate. Oh, well. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought we could just go around the table, and uh, since we are at a table right now in the MongoCast studio, and um, give our thoughts. Micah, do you want to start? Sure. Um, just basic, you know, it doesn't have to go into detail. Uh, just... Yeah, I do. I do think it will reopen. I think that we've been there for seven books or six books now, and we'll be there in the seventh book. I think even if Harry and Hermione and Ron aren't necessarily there, that we'll see it at certain times. I think that even though there are events that took place there, it's still the safest place for students. And, well, the question uh, is, will it reopen? Not if we're going to yeah, see it again. No, no. Oh, no, no, yeah, I think it'll reopen because it is it is a safe place for the students to go to. And, you know, Dumbledore said as long as those are loyal to him, uh, Hogwarts, or I don't, I'm screwing that up. But anyway, I, I think it's it's a safe haven. It's a place where they can go, they can rally, they can use to their advantage. So I think it, it will reopen, it will have classes, and, you know, we'll definitely see it in Book 7. I think that... You can't let the bad guys win. So Hogwarts has to reopen because by people hiding in their homes and running away and shutting down Hogwarts, you're just going to be saying, come get us, bad guys. <laughs> We're at our homes now. I mean, yeah. it, doesn't make, it doesn't make any difference whether or not Hogwarts is open. I mean, there is a battle going on and get them in their homes, get them at school, whatever. It doesn't – I think Hogwarts is a safer place for them to be than their homes probably, even with Dumbledore gone, because you're still going to have a staff of trained witches and wizards who know what they're doing, for the most part. Um, I wouldn't... I don't think that they're going to close it. I think it will reopen. I think... Yeah, I agree. Well, I think it may reopen, but I think it's just going to be so different because there's going to be so much going on outside of Hogwarts that I don't think students will be able to stay as focused as they have been able to, you know, stay concentrated on their studies. And now with all of this going on, with this war oh, going I'd be on... playing it up. What do you mean, playing it up? Oh, you know me. <laughs> I, if I was there, I'd be saying, oh, can't study tonight. Oh, right, 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 right. Voldemort's on the prowl. <laughs> Ron, well, Ron will be doing that, but <laughs> I... Ah, jeez, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess another good question to ask, Laura, you can get your thought in too, but, uh, you know, what teachers are going to be seeing new at Hogwarts? I don't really think that we as readers are going to see too much about the teachers at Hogwarts because I don't think Harry, Ron, or Hermione are going to go back. I think if they do go back at all, it's going to be for a very short amount of time and it won't be for school. Do you think Mrs. Weasley um, would let Ron go out? Mrs. Weasley can't tell Ron what to do. Okay, He's legal. But, well, he he still she still yells at friend George. And did that ever stop them? No, but Ron's not <laughs> like them. Ron's not- whipped. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think if Ron were whipped, he would have listened to his mom and uh, not joined in with Harry and Dumbledore's army. So I definitely think Mm. that they won't be at Hogwarts. And I think that Hogwarts might serve multiple purposes. Like, it might just not be a school. Like, it might actually be opened as a safe haven for people who want protection. That's a good idea. Sort of like a shelter, a Red Cross shelter. 
I really think so. I think that that's something that Dumbledore would do, and I think that that's kind of something that McGonagall would um, let the school do is kind of a legacy type thing for Dumbledore. But what would happen if the like an imposter got in? And that'd be an easy way for someone <laughs> well, to get into the school. I, well, yeah. exactly. But I'm saying like I'm saying like you know to pretending to want or need shelter. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. That's interesting. Well, I guess there's that could happen. Both sides. Yeah. There really is no clear thought of whether or not they should reopen Hogwarts. We, we had a debate on this a, long a while time ago. ago. Yeah. But I just don't think – part of me says, well, it doesn't make sense in a time of war to get all of your youth together in, in one spot so they can all be killed together. But at the same time, as I said before, you can't back down. So I think that they I should think just – that takes precedence. I think they should just leave options open for people. If they want to come to school, they come to school. If they don't, they stay home. It's as simple well, as that. I think uh, the big thing, yeah, though, is... I, wait, do you think they're going to leave it open as an option? Because what are kids going to do? Retake or, you know, take their fifth year or whatever the following well, we year? I don't know well, what no. schooling requirements there are, but if, yeah. I'm sure if your parents don't want to take Don't you, want you to go to Hogwarts, then you don't have to go. Right. I it's mean, we the saw that. If you don't want to go to public school or Draco wants to go to Durmstrang. His, his mother or his <laughs> father wants him to go to Durmstrang. I mean, we saw at the end of Half Blood Prince that tons of parents were coming and taking their kids away from the school. Yeah, so, yeah. But what I was going to say though is, is it all goes back to uh, the Sorting Hat and saying that the houses would need to be united, and I think that in order for that to happen, the school has to be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so as well. It's true. Okay, well, um, I guess we'll try to take one of these questions every week. And how many weeks do we have left? Yeah, we should get that music. We should get that music. You know, the road. Ben, the, the Road to the Final Four music, since we're calling it the Road to Deathly Hollows. Oh, yeah, we should. We should, <laughs> we should play that. I love that song. Okay. Is it short? Is it, it long? I'll, give, I'll right, send it to me. No, you can just play like a part of it. Okay. Was well, there like a cool intro or something? Yeah. All right, cool. I'll send it to you. I mean, uh, the other questions that Scholastic has posted so far will are, who will live, who will die? That's one question. And is Snape good or evil? So, I mean... Question. Spend shows on that. I think we have. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right. Um, so the next question they're going to release is on May 29th. I guess we'll try to cover cover some other stuff in the meantime. Uh, by the way, my birthday's on uh, Wednesday. So if anyone wants to say anything, just let me know. I thought it was Tuesday. Tuesday. I sorry, sorry. It's actually on Wednesday. <laughs> I've been getting some screwed up with stuff planned next week. It's actually on Wednesday. I'm sorry. So that gives you an extra day to go buy me something. <clears throat> Uh, so anyway, um, one last email that we have for today, uh, from Vivian, from Vivian 15 of Australia. She writes, I think I may have found the general area where Godric's Hallows may be. These, uh, these quotes are from the Goblet of Fire. This is chapter seven, Bagman and Crouch. Uh, they set off across the deserted, deserted moor. That was on page 70. And then later in the book, the Sorting Hat says, bold Gryffindor from Wild Moor. Micah, you put this in here. Is uh, I mean, I don't. I this this doesn't really answer where. Yeah, it's in a moor. It's in a moor. Yeah, exactly. I I mean, moors can be very large places. There are also a lot of them in Britain. I hear. Yeah, there's a (laughs) few here and there. Uh, We'd have to get Jamie's word on that, but I don't know. I know she says it seems like too much of a coincidence that they're mentioned twice in the book, but I don't know. Just because 
well, I don't know. Saying that he's from a wild moor, I don't know. And it says deserted back on page 70, which would make sense because of uh, after what happened there. We don't know exactly after the potters fell if that place sort of became deserted. Wasn't that pretty close to where the Weasleys lived, though? Yeah, it was. So why wouldn't they know that that's where... Well, I mean, that's like a lot of things in this series, though. It's it's just, well, why don't they tell them this? You know, why isn't this revealed? It's just... For the story. Maybe it's just something that's never... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's never come up in the conversation, and Joe has done a good job of writing around it. That's such a pointless question, though, because it's like, you know, why wouldn't Snape just say if he's good or bad? Because yeah, the story exactly. would well, make sense. I don't think so, though, because yeah. I would think that... <laughs> I think a lot of people would be like, oh, by the way, this is where, you know, this is where Godric Hollow was. You know, it's like, no, I, no. I think that it's an important uh No, but it's just area. like, nobody knows what Lily's job was. Nobody's told Harry. I mean, it's just what we were discussing before. It seems kind of stupid that nobody would have told Harry what his parents did. I guess, but it's, it's just... the same idea. I would think that if, like... And I know that you all think that Ron is like a moron, but I would think that he yes. would at least know that if a, if a neighborhood was blown up close to his house when he was a baby. On your left is Godric's <laughs> Hollow. <laughs> Announcement update on my listener challenge. Thank you to everyone who entered. I've posted the winners on MuggleCast.com. I'm not going to reveal them here because all the links go to YouTube. So visit MuggleCast.com and uh, check out the winners and uh, the, or the... I'll provide links to everyone, uh, but the top winner... Uh, receives a free MuggleCast t-shirt and I'll be in touch with them very soon if I have not emailed you already. Uh, there's no chicken soup. So I think that does it for the show today. That was pretty good, guys. Good job. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> good work, Good team. work. Yay! High five! Okay, so um, if you guys want to get in touch with us, we have many ways. You can always uh, call... The MuggleCast hotline, that's one two one eight twenty magic I got an email from someone the other day saying, what is magic? How do you type that into your phone? It's one two one eight two zero six two four four two. Also, if you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial 020-814-0677. And if you're in Australia, you can dial 02-8003-5668. Those all go to the MuggleCast voicemail line. Maybe we'll get to some voicemails next week. You, know, you can also Skype the username MuggleCast uh, for all those whether you're dialing or calling in via Skype, keep your message under uh, 60 seconds and get rid of all that darn background noise. Laura, yes, what's you the can P.O. Box? Also, you can also send parcel mail to our brand new P.O. Box at P.O. Box 3151, Cumming, Georgia, 30028. Don't send any amount of you can't. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> that is why we are moving the PO box. Uh, you can you can so also uh, contact us via the, <laughs> via the handy feedback form. Just visit MuggleCast.com and click on contact at the top. You can also email any of us. Uh, our first name is staff.mugglenet.com. Small note: uh, Phoenix Rising is going on right now, and uh, Mikey is down there having a good time. We're all jealous we couldn't be there. It sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so next time he's on the show, we'll get a little uh, review of uh, Phoenix Rising. Okay. Okay, uh, and don't forget all of our community outlets. There are lots of fun ways to interact with fellow MuggleCast fans, just like you. Uh, you can visit our MySpace at myspace.com/slash/MuggleCastFans. There's a couple other MuggleCast MySpaces out there, uh, but the link 
uh, to the one on MuggleCast.com is the uh, the official one, I guess you could call it. Uh, we're getting close to 9,000 friends, so uh, definitely be a friend of MuggleCast and it's MySpace if you haven't done so already. Uh, we also got a group on Facebook. We have a YouTube group. We have the Frapper Map, have, where, which lets you That's tell us. Question. Uh, you know, we don't have lives that's the problem <laughs> uh, you can you, 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 you can tell us where you live by visiting our frapper map which uh, you can put a little point in uh, in this map I'm, I'm refreshing everyone's memory because we haven't really described all of these in a while yeah, we haven't done uh, I'm looking yeah we, we really haven't I'm looking at the frapper map now I'm click on members uh, it doesn't give you a total uh, maybe stats. Okay, no, this doesn't tell you anything. Uh, so we have quite a few members on the Frapper map right now. Uh, you can also go visit our Last FM, which is a cool like music community where you can join up with other other MuggleCast members to see what everyone's interested in music-wise. I'm looking at the top artists from uh, MuggleCast fans right now. Uh, number one is the MuggleCasters, of course. Uh, number two is Fallout Boy. Number three is the Beatles. Then Death Cab for Cutie, Muse, Snow Patrol, Maroon 5, The Killers, Coldplay, and Killer Queen. So uh, check those out over on Last FM. Uh, finally, the fan listing and the forums over at MuggleCastFan.net is a great way to uh, meet up with some other MuggleCast fans who are uh, just as into the show as you are. You can also dig the show on dig.com. Vote for us once a month at Podcast Alley. And rate and review us on Yahoo Podcast. You got all that? Are you done yet? So there you are go. You done yet? There's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little... That's a little refresher. You know, we should start refreshing people because we are getting new listeners as we're getting closer to the book. Uh, we're going to have some cool new promotion uh, ways to promote the show uh, within the next couple of weeks. Also, hopefully soon, we're going to have a tour page up with, uh, like, dates for all the places we're going to be and how to make sure that uh, you can get a seat at any of the shows we're going to be doing over the summer. I think that's it. I think so. That Goodbye, was everyone. almost as long as one of Eric's spiels. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. See you on next week for episode ninety two. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ninety one. Oh, by the way, for the hundred hundredth show, a lot of people have been saying that we should all like we should do every single segment we've ever done, except for maybe chapter by chapter. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? Good idea. Definitely. Accept. Accept. Yeah, sure. I like the accept. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So that'll be a nice way of sort of like recognizing everything that we've been doing for the past hundred episodes. Can you believe it's been that many episodes. So I think that just just about does it. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Mike Attenta. We'll see everyone next week for episode 92. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. We'll do what we're told before we get too old. Sorry.